0: This week, Father Paul notes the function of the two versions of the Ten Commandments in Exodus and Numbers, and the futility of the so-called Deuteronomic Reform. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. And it shall be with him, the copy, and he shall read in it, all the days of his life that he may learn, guess what, to fear the Lord his God by keeping all the words of this law and these statutes and doing them which is a classic, the classic signature of the book of Deuteronomy. That his heart may not be lifted up above his brethren which is precisely the position of the King in the tradition of all peoples and nations and that he may not turn aside from the commandment either to the right hand or to the left so that he may continue long in his kingdom he and his children in Israel. Okay, very important text. So, the book of Numbers and Deuteronomy should be heard in tandem. There is no stop, if you like. Very important. Now, another aspect of the beginning of the trek, after the assignments of the Levites to the tent of meeting slash the Ark of the Covenant to protect the written law, we hear in Numbers chapter 9 at the beginning of the march, it is Numbers chapter 9, 1 through 5, verses 1 through 5. And the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Let the people of Israel keep the Passover at its appointed time. On the fourteenth day of this month in the evening, you shall keep it at its appointed time according to all its statutes and all its ordinances you shall keep it. So Moses told the people of Israel that they should keep the Passover, and they kept the Passover in the first month on the 14th day of the month in the evening, in the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So the people of Israel did. So the Passover is linked, it's a feast that is related to the Passover from Egypt into the wilderness. And that link will be made clearly in Deuteronomy, in the version of the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy why I'm saying the version, because there is something very interesting and I would like to say it here. In the book of Exodus, which deals with the Passover, interestingly, the rest of the Sabbath is linked to the rest of God in the book of Genesis chapter 1. But in the book of the Deuteronomy, at the end of the trek in the wilderness, the link is with the exodus from Egypt. Let's hear it. But the seventh day is a sabbath to the Lord your God. In it, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your man servant or your maid servant or your ox, or your ass, or any of your cattle, or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your manservant and maidservant may rest as well as you, you shall remember that you were a servant, technically a slave, in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out thence with a mighty hand, and an outstretched arm, therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So it is interesting that this is stressed at the end of the trek of the wilderness, so that the people looking at Canaan would never forget that they were taken out of Egypt. And that is very important in view of the fact that Moses is linked with the exodus from Egypt but never with the entry into the land of Canaan. All these tiny things are extremely important otherwise one tend to pick and choose and then theologize. Now, why did I choose the Passover? Because it looks way beyond, this is from Numbers, but it looks way beyond Deuteronomy and way beyond Joshua and Judges and 1 and 2 Samuel and 1 Kings towards the end of 2 Kings, in other words, The time when God will be upset and decides to destroy Jerusalem and exile the people to Babylon which is the other Egypt. But let's hear the text so that you could hear the connection directly from the texts. In 2 Kings chapter 23 verses 21 through 23 we hear and the king commanded all the people keep the Passover to the Lord your God as it is written in this book of the covenant you remember in the time of Josiah the people discovered a manuscript in the temple which is the book of the covenant which is technically Deuteronomy Already Jerome said that, but you can refer to the entire Pentateuch, but it's more specific because the wording is taken from the book of Deuteronomy. But then here verse twenty two, which I'm going to read twice, for no such Passover had been kept since the days of the judges who judged Israel or during all the days of the kings of Israel or of the kings of Judah let's hear it again for no such Passover had been kept since the days of the judges who judged Israel or during all the days of the kings of Israel or of the kings of Judah very powerful so beginning With the kings, the Passover was not celebrated. And then in verse 23, But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was kept to the Lord in Jerusalem. Now, in Judeo-Christian theology, people love to gloat about that. And they refer to it as the Deuteronomic Reform. Josiah really repented and brought the people to the right track. But earlier in chapter 22, we hear that passage starting verse 15. The prophetess Huldah, which the emissaries of the king were sent to consult, she replies, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon its inhabitants, all the words of the book which the king of Judah has read. which means it's too late. If they read the book, the curses are upon them. Because they have forsaken me and have burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands, therefore my wrath will be kindled against this place and it will not be quenched. But as to the king of Judah, about whom Judeo-Christian theology rants that he was the great guy, Josiah. But as to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words which you have heard, because your heart was penitent and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard how I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and you have rent your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, says the Lord. Without realizing, theology stops there because it sounds nice and positive about Josiah. But now I'm inviting you to hear the last verse. Therefore, which is verse 20 of chapter 22, Therefore behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring Upon this place, and they brought back word to the king, which means his famous—I don't know—you don't want to call it repentance or whatever—did not save his city. It's too late; the curse has been issued, but. The Lord wanted to be gentle to Josiah by not letting him see the destruction of the city whose king he was by name. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.